Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today Diane Nicholas has been nominated for an Animal Game Changer Award, and we're so excited that Diane is here with me via Zoom to tell us more about the amazing work that she's doing. So Diane, welcome, and congratulations on your nomination. Thank you. It's so exciting. We really appreciate it, and what an opportunity to get to talk to you in person. Very exciting. Well, I am so excited to learn more. There's, you were nominated by several different people, and I'm excited for you to walk us through, Diane, and tell us a little bit about what you do and, and kind of how you got to, to this point in your passion for animals. So um, I started Kindred Spirit Fawn Rescue. We rescue about 200 or more fawns a year. I've been doing this now for 15 years. Got into it because my career has been interior design and I work with a lot of large builders that are obviously taking up land as they're building communities in Northern California. And I saw the impact on wildlife and thought, you know, this is my industry. I'd like to do something to help mitigate the impact that we're having. So that's how I got into the fawn rescue, and it has been an amazing journey for me all these 15 years. We started with one county, ended up now we cover five counties and work with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. So we're permitted under them to take in the fawns. So that's amazing, and and for lots of reasons, but I can only imagine that when you started, you know, as your professional career with interior design, you probably did not think that you would be saving young deer and yet because you saw that need you've been able to do these things kind of synergistically which is amazing as a wildlife rehabilitator myself i also know that deer and the public's perception of deer can be two different things so your learning curve had to be really quite exponential initially when when you started doing this how have you yes. come up against have you come up against people uh, i've had to do a lot of fawn education have you have you have you found that the amount of education you have to do was more than what you anticipated <laughs> absolutely our outreach program has just grown exponentially as we've been involved with this both i go into community associations and talk to them about living in harmony with deer i, I mean some people think that they're pets. Some people think they're varmints. Um, it, it's all over the board. And then there's those that just appreciate wildlife and the fact that they get to live in a community where they get to see this every day. So we go into schools and try to educate the young kids about this. Um, we have lots, we have a 24 hour hotline. So we're talking to people all the time about fawns not being 
orphaned by their moms. They don't just leave them and walk away. You know, they're off doing what they're supposed to do and they secure their funds in a safe location. So we do a lot of that. I can be on the phone calls with people five, six hours in the day, just talking them through, leave it alone, leave it alone. Mom will come back, I promise you. Um, and when it finally happens, then we have another convert, right? That believes in, in what good. we do and the fact that we know what we're talking about when we try to walk them through these experiences. And if you could just guess, Diane, so, so first of all, for, for listeners or readers that don't know about what Diane's talking about, what, Diane, why don't you explain a little bit about, so I, actually my underlying question is, how many of the fawns that you have taken in do you think were inadvertently kidnapped versus genuinely needing rescue? Because, and, and then if you could also explain to our readers and listeners a little bit more about why a lot of fawns are inadvertently stolen, uh, good-hearted people think they have to save them and they really don't necessarily need to be saved. But maybe you could walk through both of those things and, and, and do a little education for our readers and listeners. Well, the first thing, when fawns are born, they don't have a scent and their moms um, will secure them in locations where the fawn knows I stay put. I, if something comes around me, I act dead. I just don't move. And mom will come back and then move me at the appropriate time to nurse me or whatever. So people will find them on their front porches. They'll be out hiking and see a fawn tucked under a bush and think, oh my goodness, there's no mom around. I can't see anybody, so I better pick it up to save it. And they're thinking of it like we would do with a puppy or something, right? But that's not the case in wildlife. So the moms don't bed down with their babies and stay with them all day long because they don't want to attract predators to the newborns. After the first year, they normally will have twins and they'll even separate the twins. So they'll tuck one, sometimes behind pool equipment, sometimes under somebody's car. I mean, they choose very random spots to do this. And then when it's time to nurse, they come up, nurse them, they'll move them to another little location and they'll keep doing this throughout the day. When the moms leave the fawns, they can actually be bedding down several hundred yards away watching their babies. So one of the things that we'll do if someone continually calls and says, I just know this baby is abandoned and it's going to die, we'll go out, we'll pick it up, we'll kind of shake it a little bit till it makes a scream. And then when you see mom charging at it, <laughs> everybody gets it that, you know, <laughs> she's actually right there. Yeah. So that works yeah. very well for us. Um, yeah. The other thing that we find are people that are hiking, you know, they might have hiked in five, six hours, and then they come back out with a fawn in their backpack that they found along the way. Those are harder yeah. to reunite, but we do a lot of reuniting with fawns. So if, if somebody drops it off at our facility and hasn't called us to let us walk them through it, we'll go back with them to where they found the fawn and yeah. place the fawn down or do the exercise I just talked about, yeah. and then leave it there for a while to see if mom doesn't come back. If we're 110 degrees and we've waited six, seven hours and mom isn't coming, then that's a different scenario. Yeah. Or if we see some type of injury on the fawn, that's a different scenario. But yeah. for the most part, they just are not abandoned. Yeah. And it's such good information and good education that, that you are doing and helping people understand that they are inadvertently stealing the baby. Uh, you know, the babies are being uh, abducted, basically, unknowingly abducted from a very yes. healthy mama who very much does not want her babies to be abducted. Diane, what's the longest period you have been able to successfully bring a baby back and reunite the baby with its mom? Have you like 72 hours later? What, how, what's the time frame? 
I would say successfully 24 to 48, because normally what happens is um, if we have the fawn and then people are around the area where the fawn was located, they have a tendency not to leave the area or not just to peer out their windows. That will cause mom to stay away. If she sees any movement from people, what she's thinking is, I don't want to go back to my baby and cause that predator to come over and find it, right? So um, if we can... Convince the people to keep your dogs locked in the house, get away from the windows, don't go out to that area, and we bring it back. Chances are that we'll have a successful reunion with the mom. Um, Sometimes it's just people have found them floating down a canal, some of the waterways up here. And if we can grab them, the moms will be up on the hillside, kind of running down, trying to connect with their babies. And so we'll grab them out of of that area and then put them back on the other side and watch the connection. Wow. What's so beautiful. What, what great work that you're doing. So Diane, in those, in the worst case scenarios where the baby maybe truly is orphaned or injured and therefore requires medical care and then goes into rehabilitation, how long, uh, once you have successfully rehabilitated or raised those babies, where do you go then to release them? Well, we've been fortunate enough to connect with a lot of ranchers up in our area that have thousands of acres. Um, many of them raise cattle. So one of the ranches has 21,000 acres and they have reservoirs, they have deer as natural um, animals in their area. And during October, November, they are weaning the calves from their cows. So we have found that there is a great relationship between releasing fawns in those areas with the cows. They're, they're missing their babies. And so they, they take hold of these fawns and wow. give the fawns an opportunity to get to know their surroundings. In fact, we just did a release three weeks ago where one of the fawns connected with this cow. Still today, the rancher sees the fawn following her around through the waterways and whatever and the cow will move to her and she'll come trotting along and there's other deer out there so she then connects back with her kind and then goes back to the cows so that has worked really well for us we get the fawns till they're about six months old so you know they're ready to forage on their own and whatnot so they're fine out there yeah that's amazing. And what a great resource. What a fantastic resource that you have that a rancher will allow you to, to use his cattle as kind of surrogate moms. That's fantastic. And then the cattle in turn will to be able to teach that baby at least the know-how of where to go. And this is, here are the ropes. That's, that's a nice built-in system. It really is. I mean, it's been amazing over the years. And because we've been doing this for long, um, the ranchers say that they actually are seeing some of the fawns we release have their own babies over the years, and they get to watch that as well as they mingle with the cows. So it's a pretty special situation that we have up in Northern California. That's wonderful. And the education that you are doing is invaluable. So it's just, just wonderful. Diane, when you get up in the morning, there's lots of reasons I'm sure that you're highly motivated to do what you do, but what do you love most about your work with helping displaced wildlife? Oh my gosh, to pick one thing. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess when you see them come in and they're so down, I mean, we've gotten little ones that weigh a pound oh. that, you know, they're preemies and you think, oh my goodness, are they going to make it? And, and, you know, we're feeding them and, and, 
keeping them warm or they're, we're helping them with broken bones and whatever. And to see them come through that and see how resilient they are yeah. and how they connect with each other. It's pretty amazing. I don't, I've not worked with other animals that seem to connect like that. You know, if you huh. connect two dogs, they normally take a little bit of time of sniffing and whatnot, right? But the fawns don't. I mean, they just connect with each other. So that's pretty yeah. amazing. And we have worked um, very hard to take babies that others would say should be euthanized. We had one that came in with two broken femurs that was three days old. And working with our vet, um, she taught us how to help this little baby secure its legs again and be able to walk. And it was, this one was just released two weeks ago. Wow. I mean, for the most part. That animal probably would have been euthanized if it had been found anywhere else. So those are pretty exciting scenarios that, you know, it's a treasure to get to be a part of it and to watch those animals then thrive when they're released. Yeah, goodness. That that gives me chills because like you said, that in in a lot of rehabilitation settings, that those animals are, are euthanized, but that's awesome that you've assembled this team of veterinarians and wildlife uh, authorities and ranchers. You've got a, a nice synergism of people with the common goal in mind. It's, it's just wonderful. I bet Diane, you were, you did not think 30 years ago that you would be passionate about rehabilitating fawns, but what a, what an amazing hobby passion that you discovered in yourself you know and i'm a lucky person to be able to do that i don't know if everybody allows themselves the opportunity to get involved in something and then realize this is really where your heart is but it happened for me and i'm 69 now and i'll do this till the day i die uh, so I, it just is a, a really really special part of my life and i don't know what i'd do without it i mean really to see see what happens in nature when you just give it a little bit of help. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Well, it is inspiring that you have discovered this passion in you and that you're doing it, uh, living it on a daily basis, the hundreds and hundreds of animals that you have helped and the education that you have done to prevent further animals from needing to be re rehabilitated uh, is also really amazing. Diana, if people wanted to learn more about uh, what you do, or if they could get involved or help support you, where would they go to, to find out more about your organization? Well, we do have a Facebook page for Kindred Spirit Fawn Rescue. And then we do have a website, which is kindredspiritfawnrescue.org. So either one of those, we post stories and pictures on our Facebook page during the year. And then on our website, we have all different categories of if you're planting a garden, what to plant that's deer resistant or what little tricks you can do to stop them from eating all your rose bushes. Uh, we also have information about if you're building a new home with fencing, um, what type of fencing, especially wrought iron fencing out here, seems to be very popular. So we talk a little bit about spacing on that fencing, mm -hmm. how not to do spikes on the top that deer can impale themselves on. Um, we also have information about if you have fencing the deer come through, how to hang little plastic beads that attract the light. So when the deers jump the fence, they don't get caught in it, but they make it over the fence. 
and I actually do property uh, walks with people to help them make their property deer friendly. So a lot of that information is on our website and you can contact us if you would like us to do a presentation in your community association, uh, homeowners association or school. Um, also it has the hotline. So if people have questions, we get calls from all across the country during the year. We field over 5,000 calls during the season with people that are traveling and maybe find a pawn in the middle of the road. Someone's needing help. Uh, we connect them with a resource in that state. Nice. So we are here for much more than the day in and day out of what we do. And then also we work with Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. We even do training with the Sheriff's Department and the CHP out here to educate them about getting the animal to us or placing the call to us when there is actually a need. Um, and then we're working with the firefighters and all when these animals come through through the wildfires that we have in California. So we're very connected and you can get all that information off those two sites. I love this, Diane. And I love, I love that you have discovered midlife, that you are wildly passionate about uh, one species of wildlife that has just stolen your heart and captivated you enough that you are doing this tremendous outreach, helping to not just save fawns, but really to do education about an entire species that is oftentimes misunderstood um, and misrepresented. So what a beautiful, what a beautiful gift you are giving your community, but also nationwide. So um, we appreciate everything you're doing and your well-deserved Game Changer Award. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Dr. Becker, and thank you for getting the word out on so many types of animals and how people can engage and help. We really appreciate you for doing that.